It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, Overlord. Hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm here with my brother Dusty. And Dusty, before we started recording, you were just telling me about your recent Nazi zombie hunting trip where you bagged one general, two majors, and a private, right? <laughs> yeah, I sure did. I'm a good sniper. So I go from long distance. I make sure I'm far away, just like uh, whatever his name. I can't remember his name. is the, the Yeah, the Jersey guy or the New York guy. That's right. Yeah. New Jersey, Brooklyn, whatever. Hey, every war movie. Well, I should say every World War II movie needs somebody from Brooklyn and with that oh, accent, right? Oh, yeah, they absolutely do. They Well, it seems like every movie in this era has somebody with that accent so it fits really really well and when he first i first saw him man for some reason that personality just rubbed me like it was like a, a cat scratching a chalkboard i don't know for some reason that's how i felt what did you think i felt the exact same way but then as soon as he started warming up to the kid and playing baseball with him and stuff i was down for tibbet yeah i agree so i have something so last week we played win place show right huh? i will have a win place show for you as well. So I want to give, I want you to rank these in win place show of the um, worst zombie movie. Now I'm not saying these are the worst, but of these three zombie movies, I want you to pick. So the worst will be win, the second worst will be place, and the last will be show. Does that gotcha. make sense? Gotcha. Okay. So here's, here's, um, here's my list. Number one, Night of the Living Dead. Number two, Zombieland. And number three, Justice League. <laughs> how funny. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Um, oh, how funny. So win, place, or show, the worst of all of those would have to be <laughs> Justice League, <laughs> I would have to say, man. Um, yeah, that, that is because I was just so disappointed by it. It had its good moments, but for the most part, I don't recommend to anybody to watch it unless you really love Batman and Superman and you want to see the very first time we get like um, uh, Aquaman kind of a thing. Uh, the Flash was good, but you know, the story was terrible. The bad guy, I didn't, I wasn't down with. So that is my win. My place is going to be Night of the Living Dead because my show has to be Zombieland. The first time I saw Zombieland, it was like kind of a, a cool new way to look at the whole zombie apocalypse thing. And I love the actors in it. Woody Harrelson, no matter what, is always great. Um, so that's my show right there. Or that's my order right there. Exactly. Same order of myself. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed Zombieland and I didn't think I would, especially you have, like you said, um, you have Woody Harrelson in there. He is great in almost every single movie. I mean, whatever part he plays, usually he does a terrific job. You know, mm -hmm. I really enjoy him. But it also has Bill Murray in it. And yeah, <laughs> that's right. So awesome. He acts like he's a zombie going to get shot almost. And he's like, ah. <laughs> you know, when they drove up to his mansion and the gate said BM, did Bill Murray cross your mind at all? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, me either. You know, and what was cool about that, when I saw them on the screen the first time together, I thought to myself, oh, sweet Kingpin. No kidding. A reunion, I, you know? I literally did not think, well, no, that did cross my mind, like you see, knowing them, but that didn't like flash in my head because you're absolutely right. They were counter, like uh, Bill Murray was the bad guy, quote unquote bad guy, you know, he fit that role, um, the antagonist. And then you have, 
Woody Harrelson as the good guy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it was great seeing them in there playing again together. That was really cool. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, so that was a fun win play show. And what, you have the exact same order, right? I imagine. Sure do. Yeah. Okay. And I honestly, I don't even remember Night of the Living Dead, even though that was the very first, you know, zombie or crazy movie or scary movie that we saw. Mm-hmm. I don't remember other than I think, uh, no. It's Wait, just are like, you talking about, when you said Night of the Living Dead, I was thinking about the 80s remake one. Were you talking about the one that was made like in the 60s, the black and white one? No, the first one that we watched. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't, rem- I don't really remember it because we were so young. But I just remember being scared out of my mind. Yeah, yeah. I remember a few episodes ago when we did our top five childhood movies, uh, Return of the Living Dead was on my list. And because it was a super fun zombie movie and it, it, uh, it just brought me back to all those zombie and horror movies that we watch as kids, you know? Yeah. And in Overlord, there were so many lessons that I've got, I took away from. So this is what I want to do. I want to see if you're okay with this. Let's do our show in backwards order. Okay. So normally we talk about the, the movie and then we go into the lessons and then we go into the items we want and rating and Monday morning quarterback. Let's do it backwards. So let's start with the Monday morning quarterback. Do you think that'd be a good idea? Yeah, totally. And I've been thinking about switching up the order as well, because as we're talking about the movie, oftentimes we mentioned the Monday morning quarterback or the lesson learned in a roundabout way. It makes a little bit more sense to hit the lessons, the Monday morning quarterback first, and then let those branch off into discussions of the movie. Sure. Sounds good. I just wanted to do it for fun for this show. But if we want to change it up, let's do it. So since we're doing it in backwards order, let me ask you, what is your Monday morning quarterback? Well, mine is that they should have sent somebody with the photographer Chase to check on the prisoner because this guy is a Nazi sergeant. He's obviously uh, willing to do anything. He's being held prisoner. You've got to send two people up there, not just, and he's a photographer too. He's probably not all that adept or confident with a gun and stuff, probably not used to handling prisoners or even interacting with Germans. He should not have been sent up there alone. That is awesome and i completely wholeheartedly agree because when you see him walking up the stairs you're like "Uh oh and you see that you know the guy just limp and laying there it's like it's a ploy easily anybody everybody watching the movie thought that and so absolutely you know what that is definitely my uh number one monday morning quarterback was that um really not even using him or having that guy actually be smart and not uh you know get taken out like that the other monday morning quarterback that i had was when uh, who was the main character? What was his name? Boyce, Ed Boyce. Yeah, yes, S. So Ed, when he came back and from the the um, uh, the church and seeing all the bad things going on in there, he literally should have said, no, this is exactly how we get in there and this is how we destroy it. It seemed like I would have said, hey, there's an entrance. That's how we get into the place in order to destroy it. You would think that like that's the first thing we do. Like, why would we even try to go anywhere else or do anything else? Why, why are we discussing it? Like, this is how we get in. This is how we plant the bombs. Like, how else are you going to get into there? You can't shoot your way in. You're, you're only, you know, four guys. And so this is really, I'm like, this is the only way to get in. And so the, um, uh, the corporal, he should have said, you have a way in. Let's go after that. And, you know, obviously the church and all the bad things that are going on inside the church, they want to take out that. But their number one objective is to take out the tower. Well, this is a way to get into the tower. And so that was kind of a little bit for me. I was like, man, they should have just jumped on that and said, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with you 100% there. I did like, though, their uh, distraction at the front 
when they used um, Rosenfeld and Tibbet up there. Rosenfeld with that gigantic heavy caliber machine gun. and That was and awesome. Tibbet with the sniper rifle. It was a cool distraction. And it makes sense to do to pull guys out of the interior so that, you know, the corporal and Boyce and um, uh, Chloe could get in there and do their thing. It, it made yeah. sense to me, though. Yeah, I, I completely agree. No, the way they did it was great in actually getting inside there. So I really enjoyed the opening scene of flying in the the plane and being dropped out and obviously being shot and people dying and plane crashing and everything. I thought that was a great, great scene. Oh, it was unbelievably just it was just so incredibly real, so intense. And uh do you remember I told you I read that book about D Day called The Longest Day? Yes. Well, that book, it talked about how thousands of paratroopers died on D-Day or in the hours leading up to D-Day. And not just from getting shot out of the air, like the Germans, they flooded the area, the planes up above. Um, they flooded it in the weeks leading up to the invasion or maybe the months. And it created like bogs or swamps that the paratroopers with all their heavy gear, they got stuck in it and they died. They just couldn't get out. And you know, also what happened, like we saw Boyce land in the water, cut his chute away and get out of the water. Many paratroopers died with, with all of their gear when the planes dropped them off over the ocean and stuff too. So it was super realistic and it jived with everything I read in that book. That's awesome. I, I thought it was so realistic and it really brought me in. Like I was so nervous for Ed. I, I, obviously we know he's the main character. He's going to get out, but the way they shot it was super, super awesome. And then you see the uh, the um, umbrella, umbrella, the parachute above in the water that's going to stop him from breathing. Good thing he had his knife there. I, it was just really well done, um, really cinematic. Like it, I wouldn't say it, it absolutely reminded me of, of Saving Private Ryan, but it gave me that feel of like, I'm there. Like I'm really there with him. And that Saving Private Ryan scene that I, I could watch that over and over again. It's so realistic. The opening scene where they're going on onto the beaches and they're storming it and people are dying. That was just phenomenal phenomenally done. So let me ask you, since we're going backwards now, what would you give the rating for this movie? What's your rating? I give it an 80. Um, I just really liked it. I was thoroughly uh, just, I was ensconced in the movie the whole time watching it on the edge of my seat, super intense, super thrilling. Um, I had a lot of fun with it and the gory stuff. Like you and I are horror fans. I'm down with the gory stuff and the crazy looking, I don't, they weren't super crazy monsters, but just some of the stuff, the way they looked, I, I loved it. You are right on with me. So we usually try to keep it out of the 70 range, but I had to dip this one into the 70 range just because I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it. Um, the story was well done. Um, the, the, everything about the, the cinematography, it was, it was nice, but for some reason it wasn't over the top. So I had to drop it in to the 79 category, 79 rating. And so dropped it in there just a little bit, just because I'm, I don't think I'll ever go back and watch it. Like it's not something I desire to watch. Yeah. Um, it was entertaining. I was definitely on the edge of my seat the whole time, which was great. But at the same time, you know, I usually give it, uh, give scores on a watchable factor, like a rewatchable factor. And so uh, since I probably won't ever want to watch it again, that's where it dropped down to 79. If I did want to watch it again, if, you know, if it did something different or had something to make me want to watch it again, I probably would have bumped it up to like maybe an 88, but since I'm not going to watch again, 79. Yeah, they could do something like Deadpool's doing and they could do a, a whole new Christmas version called Once Upon an Overlord and, and <laughs> the PG-13 version. I'll go see that. That would be so awesome. So the next thing that we're going to go to is what is your movie prop that you would want to keep from the movie? 
and it's probably the same as me. It's probably as iconic or it, it but there's, there's two that come stick in my mind, but there's one that I would want. So what would you like for the movie prop? Um, there's three different ones, but I'm going to choose one that you probably won't choose. It's the machine gun that Corporal, Corporal Ford had, and it might be called a Browning. I'm not really sure, but I've always just liked the look of that gun. And I would love to have one from that movie sitting on my wall. That would be super, super awesome. And so I would, just like you, I'd actually have, like to have a working version of it. <laughs> that would be super cool. Um, so rather than having that, which would be great, it's rather big. Um, I'd rather just have the airplane that they were flying in. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That entire airplane. That entire airplane. Right there no. in your backyard. Get rid of the trampoline. Get rid of the pool. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, so era uh, troop deployment plane there. There, there were two items that struck out in my mind. One, the syringe. Yep. That was obviously stands out really, really well. But I thought, you know, I wouldn't really want the syringe just because, you know, it's, it definitely is iconic. You can, see, you can know where it came from. But at the same time, it's a syringe, you know, and it's like, I don't really want a syringe just laying around it, even though it'd be neat. But what I would I know want, what you want. What? You want when Ed Boyce went down there and you see those sacks full of people being slowly drained of their fluid, you want a, a person hanging from your ceiling in a sack draining down into like a big red basin. Dude, how did you know? <laughs> Man, it's like you're my brother. You already know what I'm thinking. Yep. Before I... <laughs> so uh, uh, that would be my, my, next get, my next thing I'd want. But what I would probably, because be that would be a little too big. Yep. Um, what I would probably go for is the knuckles knife oh good choice you know i was discussing because my sons and i we love uh zombie movies and stuff we thought about what is the best weapon i think the best handheld weapon if there is a zombie apocalypse is that knife right there because you've got the knuckles to punch zombies in the head crack their heads open you also have the knife aspect um you know to cut the cut into their heads Plus, that gives you extra grip. So if your hands get bloody, there's less of a chance that it'll slip out of your uh, out of your grasp. That is a for a handheld weapon, but that's not like a pistol or something. I completely agree with you. That's something like um, what's his name uh, in The Walking Dead, Rick's axe. I'm like, why is he carrying? It's iconic because it's it's what he carries. But I'm like, I'm, I wouldn't carry an axe. But I mean, it's probably really really effective. I'd rather have something that's um, uh, a longer blade, like a machete, or the knuckles knife would be super awesome to have. Yeah, yeah. And I agree with you on that axe. We've all used axes and they get stuck in wood so easily and it's going to get stuck in a zombie's head and the skull super easily too. So you're going to be without a weapon really quickly, I think. Yes, I completely agree. Okay. So now we got the movie prop. Let's go through the lessons. And as we go through the lessons, obviously we're going to be talking the movie. So let me get your first lesson. Totally, totally. So when it's a matter of life and death, keep your mind in the now. You should be 100% consumed with completing your mission and getting out alive. And as soon as that writer, I don't remember his name, but they were walking through the field. The writer was talking about writing his book. He was thinking about the future, dreaming about the future. Boom, he dies. And and that's all any movie. And, and I saw it coming. As soon as somebody starts talking about the future, when their life is on the line, they're goners. It's, it's kind of like watching a, um, a horror movie, you know, like Freddy or Jason or you know, all those other ones. Um, whenever the pretty girl goes and takes a shower, she's going to die. Like, why do you take a shower when people are dying? Like, it's just the dumbest thing. And it, but it always happens. It's just like this. So you're absolutely right. Um, so my first lesson 
is learn another language. Even though I'm never going to do it because I'm 39 now, I'm probably never going to learn it. But learn another language because Ed, he was able to start talking in French. I think it was French, right? Yep. Yeah, he was talking in French with a, with a lady. And I was like, man, that'd be super awesome because I've been through... I don't know, 15, 20 different countries, something like that. Um, I went through Europe and went through 13 different countries in Europe for six weeks with my family in March and all these other places, you know, I just spoke English and it would be nice to be able to speak the language of wherever I'm at. If I just even had one or speak Japanese because a year ago I went through Japan, a six week trip in Japan. It'd be great to know Japanese. So learn another language, but I'm a little old now. Hopefully yeah, I'm going to encourage my kids. They're trying, they're, they're watching like uh, despicable me in Spanish. and they're, they're watching other, you know, fun kid movies in Spanish. So they're not really going to learn Spanish, but at the same time, hopefully they might. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you there. And, you know, speaking of, you know, speaking French with Chloe, I really like the character of Chloe. I mean, I like how she was going out there middle of the night scavenging valuable stuff from bodies just in an effort to uh, take care of her little brother and her aunt, man. I, I really liked her character. And just the whole idea of that town in France being taken over by Germans. In that book I read, that was happening all up and down the coasts of France. Every single community uh, was forced to kind of accommodate the German soldiers who were, they were, of course, you know, waiting there in case that D-Day happened, you know? I, yeah, I think, and her, the character, her character, you could tell she was hardened by this, by everything, you know, yeah. with her parents being killed and, and her aunt and seeing everybody. And it was a really, really good character. And I liked how they brought them together. Um, and they didn't, tr they questioned each other or, you know, they, they didn't trust each other. And, but it, only after time they, they started, uh, trusting and, and playing to, or working together to, to get a common objective. So yeah, really, really good. What did you think about the main bad guy? Um, I can't remember his name. Waffner. Yeah. what do you think about him? I, I liked him as a bad guy. I thought the actor did a great job right from the get go. Uh, you're just disgusted with the guy. I mean, that whole scene with Chloe and him, it was super intense. You see that he's potentially going to rape her and he's been raping her for weeks or months leading up to now, you know, but yep. now we have us soldiers and they're going to, uh, if they don't step in, it's going to happen again. You know, I'm glad they stepped in of course, but it, it was intense. He was a good bad guy. Yeah. And, even if, you know, the two guys, Ed and the corporal are up in the, the attic looking down, even if it would jeopardize the mission, I couldn't let that happen. Like I would literally have to do something about it. Yep. Um, no, you got to 100%. Yeah, it's just the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought he was a great, he did a great job. You absolutely despised him from the very, very beginning. Everything from looking, um, you know, having the slick back hair or whatever it is. Um, it looks, he looked greasy and he did a good job playing greasy. And I've seen him in other movies. I don't remember where, but he usually does a decent job. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't recognize him at, at all from any other movie. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him possibly in the future, you know? Yeah, yeah, he did really well. Okay, so my second lesson it goes with a saying, curiosity killed the cat. And so when you have Ed going through the church, he's just snooping and looking. And, you know, he, he, he obviously he's looking for, um, uh, who was he looking for the first time he went in the church? 
No, he's trying to find. Uh, well, the first time he yeah. got uh, taken in there, he didn't mean to. He was running away That's from the right. dog and jumped in the back of the truck. That's what it was. And so my first thought was, you know, curiosity killer cat, cat. As he's looking around, oh, what's this? Oh, what's this over here? I would think, man, my goal is just to get out of here or uh, obtain my objective of blowing up. But you don't have the dynamite or the the C four or whatever, so you can't really blow it up. And so with him snooping around, that's immediately my thoughts came to, he might die just because he's being stupid and looking around when potentially, actually, no, it wasn't that he was just looking around through the halls. It was looking in the hole into that cell. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I would not be looking in that. You never know (laughs) what can come out of it. Or, you know, they could poke, poke you. I don't know. That's, that's my thought. So it was when I'm looking around in some place I shouldn't be, I need to get in and out and not, not linger. I got you, man. But everything he was seeing was just blowing his mind. And I like the fact that he went, or supposedly went everywhere, saw just about everything because you got to do reconnaissance if you're going to come back in and, you know, and save the day, basically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, he was, it was awesome that he was able to find the way out through the storm drain um, or whatever drain that was. Oh, it was- two things about that. I like how he found um, Rosenfeld and how Rosenfeld had that gigantic thing stuck in him and he pulled it out. It was, it was super cool looking. But as soon as I saw him sneaking out through that drain, it brought me back to Toy Soldiers. You remember that movie? Sure do. That was a great movie. Yeah, that's how Sean Astin got in and out of the school. You know, it just as soon as I saw that gigantic drain, him coming out just reminded me of it. Yeah, I did it really. I didn't think of that. But yeah, I love Toy Soldiers. That was a good movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is your next lesson. Yeah. My second lesson relates to the Monday morning quarterback and it's simply never send one man to handle a prisoner, especially one as bad as that, unless he's chained up because the guy only had his hands bound, right? His feet weren't, uh, his legs weren't bound. He wasn't bound to a chair or anything. And Chase is just a photographer, man. I mean, just, just do a little, have a little bit more forethought and send somebody with him. That and you know to add on to the money money quarterback when he is um, standing up and you see um, that one guy that you know they stabbed in the chest and he was up in the they were up in the attic and he was running around as you know the zombie type guy um, you see the the um, what was his name the main bad guy again main bad guy Waffner Waffner yeah so you see Waffner he's still tied up um, but he's running or he's he's standing by the stairs because they're starting to walk down they were just watching. Um, the, the one guy that got stabbed in the chest or, you know, they gave him the, um, uh, whatever that, that syringe is, he's running around and being as zombies would and doing bad things and they forget about him and they let him run off down the stairs. That is something that they literally should never have done. Even though this is totally crazy. Hey, keep your mind on everything else. Like you can't just, uh, but that's me being hindsight, obviously Monday morning quarterback in the moment. You're like, dude, this guy is not dying. What's the deal? Yeah. Absolutely. You're right about that. So what's your third lesson? Now, my third lesson is, uh, I'm going to say this lesson, but it's not my lesson because I learn it in every single movie. Never get too close to the bad guy. Yep. You don't yep. need and to you, be you, hugging him. Uh-huh. You don't, yeah. You don't need to be, you know, so close to where he could do anything. And if he has any ability to grab you, he can. And, and yeah. So when he was, um, uh, the corporal was punching him and stuff. I thought that the bad guy, um, Waffner was going to like bite his ear or do something like that. I thought that would happen. I don't need to get that close to the bad guy. I just punch him in the face rather than get by my face next to him. But here's my next lesson or the last lesson I learned. So you remember when Ed was leaving the end, the church was exploding. He's running out the gate and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. My lesson is never look back when you're running away from exploding church. Yep. Good Seriously. lesson. 
He learned, he looked back like five times. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is it that you slow down? I mean, we've learned that when you, any, any race that you do in high school or elementary school, when you look back, you slow down. So don't look back. You slow down. Just keep running. 100%. I love that lesson. And you, Hey, go ahead and look back the first time. As soon as you see that flame, <laughs> you're never looking you're, back again. And then you're gone. Yep. Yep. 100%. I love and that whole last scene. It just it looked really cool. The flames coming after him, the building coming down. I, I really liked how they shot that. And just basically the special effects, whether they were computer generated or practical effects and stuff. It was super awesome. It sure was. Um, everything in the movie was well done. Like visually, it looked really, really good. I didn't have any thoughts in my mind like, oh, that looks bad. Oh, I loved how Waffner's face was super tore up. Oh, that was awesome. Oh my gosh. And then he shot himself twice with that stuff and it healed itself. But yeah, they did a great job. You're right. hundred percent there. Yeah. So my final lesson is do not bring the mortally wounded back from the dead. It just never works out. So you've got to remember pet cemetery or the Lazarus effect, right? When somebody dies of unnatural causes, you don't bring them back. Like, There's exceptions to the rule, right? Neo from the Matrix, he was shot within the Matrix. Ah, Go ahead, bring him back. He's still got his mind in his body. Or Frank Bannister and the Frighteners, he was frozen and he came back and then he was strangled and came back twice. But that's okay because they're not mortal wounds, you know what I mean? So that's my lesson. That's a nice lesson. So along with that, what do you think or what did you understand that whatever that syringe had in it, like that, that serum. Can you explain? Cause I didn't really understand. I, I guess it's something with the, the air, where, where the church actually is. And, but I don't understand how they got it, what they're like, what it is and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't think they explained it well at all, but it just had something to do with the area or the people that live in that town. They have some kind of genetic abnormality or something that they take from their blood or from their life force or whatever that, allows you to come back from the dead and heal your body. Uh, but I don't think they explained it well enough, but they didn't need to explain it, I think as well. But I understand what you're saying. You have that question lingering uh, yeah, throughout the movie, you know? Because a couple of thoughts came to mind, like where, what is that, um, that liquid? Is it coming from the ground or is it what was draining out of those bags? Like that's what's, um, uh, you're pumping into people like that blood or it just was weird. So I didn't really understand that. That was the only one criticism I had was, wow, this is just not very, it's not explained very well, but I did completely appreciate that. It's totally, um, like the, the Reich or the Nazis to do all these experiments. They've done, they did so many experiments, experiments that were, it was just horrific how many they did and how they tortured people by doing this because they're saying, hey, we're getting volunteers to come and do this. And when they're not, they're forcing people and they're, they're making them whatever it might be. You know, I've heard so many bad stories. I went to uh, Washington, D.C. when I was in eighth grade. It was, you know, an eighth grade trip for, I think, like a week and went to the Holocaust Museum. It was horrible to see what all the Nazis did in testing. You know, they wanted to make the, like, uh, you heard like a thousand year Reich, a thousand year man. And they want, they were trying to perfect the, the Aryan race and all that sort of stuff. And, and on the, on top of that, trying to perfect how to kill people. It was just, they were just horrible, horrible people. Yeah, for sure. It was, um, uh, or, or they were horrible 100%. And I, I like how the writers of this movie decided to take the idea that they were experimenting on people and they turned it into kind of like zombie like not an apocalypse, but just a zombie story. I I thought it was a really cool use of the whole Germans experimenting on people idea. 
Yeah. And so with these zombies or most zombies, zombie movies, you, you shoot them in the brain and they're dead, right? Mm-hmm. So was that the same thing here? I didn't see any headshots against any zombies. The only thing I saw was uh, burning their bodies. Burning, and then also when Ed bashed the guy's brain in, in the attic. Oh, I yeah, so maybe brain damage does kill these ones too. You're right. Yeah, and then actually burning them. So those are the only two ways that I saw that you can kill them. But yeah, when you're, <laughs> it would freak you out if you're shooting some dude over and over and over again, and they're literally not coming down. Like, uh, this, is, this is bad. Yeah, totally. Do you know why this movie was called Overlord? I think it was the operation, not, not the operation for um, uh, the Allied soldiers, not that operation. It was Overlord was the name, and I'm just extrapolating or I'm just guessing, but the name that the Nazis were giving this program of making these you know, soldiers. You know, uh, back, in, back in World War II, Operation Over- Overlord was the name like the code name for the Battle of Normandy. So D-Day was the day that it took place, but they called it Operation Overlord for the weeks or months leading up to it. That might be it because that, they had to take out that tower in order mm-hmm. for them to storm the beach. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah, but as I was watching the movie, I caught, oh, Overlord, I had the same idea that you did, that it might be the German name for what they were doing. They were trying to create an Overlord kind of a thing, but nah. So this led up to Saving Private Ryan. So this movie should have came out first and then, hey, a sequel could be Saving Private Ryan. That's right. Absolutely. If anybody <laughs> wants to, uh, you know, watch, watch Private Ryan and really get a full scope of what that movie is about, Overlord's the place to start. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what's interesting? Um, yeah, I, I learned this, obviously, as I grew up. And um, so this movie, Overlord, took place on my birthday, June it 6th. Did, yeah. Yeah. Because that's when D-Day was, and this is the, you know, the, the, after the night, the morning was, was D-Day, and they had to blow it up so they can get the, um, the planes and, the, and everybody coming in. And so, yeah, it was awesome. I was like, hey, it's my birthday. <laughs> yep. Totally, totally, man. Um, let's see. Did, we got your third lesson, right? Yes. Okay. Cool beans. So I think that's it for lessons. What about, what other things in the movie did you find interesting that we could talk about? I really liked the thought that they did not experiment on any, any human beings that were living. You know, they were only experimenting on dead people, which was rather interesting because, you know, they don't have their brain working. I wonder why they didn't experiment on anybody that was living. Why do you think that? Uh, probably just so that they could in the movie have Waffner shoot himself twice and have the doctor say, we've never done it on a living person uh. to make it more impactful. Because you think they would. Like, you that, think they would, so maybe that's kind of, a, uh, as Deadpool would say, lazy writing. That is, that is lazy writing. Because, yeah, absolutely. Why would you not? Like, um, you remember that there was one guy that was dead. They stabbed him or gave him the syringe and then put him inside that, I don't know, chamber that, mm-hmm. was, like, that had the slide out uh, bed thing, slide him back in. Um, yeah, so he opened the doors, you know, letting him out. When that guy came out, he didn't seem crazy. He seemed like, okay, he's, he's on a mission to kill people, you know, as a bad guy. So it had two different scenarios of what would happen if somebody was dead, given that syringe and that, that uh, whatever that stuff is. And so one is one guy's crazy and just, you know, trying to kill everything, running crazy. The other one, when that guy was coming out at the very, very end, you, right before Ed blows, every, or not Ed, Corporal blows all that stuff up, you see the other guy just kind of walking 
sternly and, you know, in, in a, in a matter of fact way, not running like a crazy man, like a crazy zombie that we normally knew of. So mm-hmm. that, that was one thing I was like, that's kind of weird, but okay. Lazy writing. Yeah. Maybe lazy writing. Uh, uh, one thing that, that really stood out to me was I, I lost count of how many times Ed Boyce, he got blown up or he hit his head. He got thrown across rooms, banged into walls. He's got five concussions from this night. He has brain <laughs> damage for sure. Uh, I just felt really sorry for the guy. At the very end, when you see him walking back and sitting on that bench, I was like, yeah, I could see him do it. Like, he's just, he's, he's done, like literally done. Um, and then he has to go back out there. Yeah, we're going to see the company, you know, uh, Charlie Company. We're going to go back out and do that. When, you know, the, the people that are running the whole operation, you know, the commanders and all that sort of stuff, they did not experience all that. So they don't know exactly what happened other than they got the, the mission accomplished, which is great. But yeah, so all those guys are like, man, this was, this was rough. But hey, that's what Roar is. And you just got to keep moving. And so that is just rough. But I did like how they, in the writing for Ed, he said, you know, uh, just a few months ago, I was working, you know, back home. And then I, the guy comes with a letter and now I'm here in the army. And it's like, man, that's exactly how it was. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It was crazy. I, I really did appreciate that as well. Uh, and I, I appreciated Ed at the end of the movie when his commander said, hey, what else did you see down there? What happened? And you said nothing at all, sir, because he knows if uh, if they were trying to create super soldiers and those guys were super strong, they couldn't die. They were basically super soldiers. Uh, the U.S. government would probably get in there, try to take over that and turn our own soldiers into those, you know. And they so, would absolutely yep. do that. They, I mean, without a shadow of a doubt. And you know what's sad is there was eugenics in the um, Nazis. So Nazi did eugenics and eugenics is basically killing people that are not fit to live. You know, they're unfit to live because they eat too much and they're dying or, you know, they're just taking up resources. They don't produce. So that's what basically eugenics is. Nazis did not create that. America, America did, or people that lived in America created that. And so there were, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it wasn't like in the military, but Americans were the ones like um, trying to kill off certain races and they thought of eugenics and Hitler gravitated that. He read a book. He's like, oh, this makes great sense. I want the Aryan race to grow. So I want to kill off everybody else. And so, yeah, America whoever in America, I mean, it's, it's sinful people. It's, it's people that are just bad. They're going to try to do everything they can to either win or, you know, Hey, this is neat. Let me try it out. And so America wouldn't, uh, wouldn't uh, shy away from that. So let me ask you a question. Do you think Ed would have had that, that thought if the corporal had not said America should not have this too? Uh, you know, Ed seems like a good dutiful soldier, if his commander asks him, what else did you see down there? He probably would have told him about it, not thinking anything uh, could go amiss or go awry by telling him that information. I, I agree. And so that was my thought was, um, Ed, after hearing the corporal say, like, the reason why I'm doing this is because basically, you know, I'm summing everything up, um, adding to what the uh, corporal said. But basically, this is where I am going to close the door, make myself die. I can basically kill myself because nothing, like this should not come out. This should not be used by any side. We need to bury this so nobody ever gets to it again. Yeah, I really liked uh, him because of that. And, you know, yesterday when we talked about this movie real quick, I said I didn't really get behind many of the characters, but then I thought about it. And no, I really did like most of the characters in the story. I like their arcs and everything. Um, I liked how they, you know, we said earlier, you got to have somebody from Brooklyn in a World War II movie. You also have to have a Jewish guy fighting the fighting against the, the Germans because you need to have somebody to really get behind. And, it, you know, we 
we don't know his pain, but we kind of feel the pain and we understand why he wants to get in there and kill Germans, you know? Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that as well as um, Ed being a black guy. I thought that was super awesome. You mm-hmm. know, we have a lot of movies that have uh, uh, more, mostly white people that are uh, portrayed, but a lot, uh, you know, in war movies, but there were plenty of other nationalities, like ever just um, uh, black, um, Asian, or, you know, people that were Americans actually became part of uh, Asian Americans actually went and, and were actually in the war as well. I saw one that, what movie was it? Oh, um, uh, Captain America when he was, um, fine or he was basically going out and start, actually starting fighting. He got a group of people around him and one dude, he was an Asian guy and he goes, I'm from Fresno dude <laughs> or yep. something like that. I was like, yeah, Fresno guy from a uh, Asian guy from Fresno. That's cool. Yep. Totally. We remember that, you know, living here, uh, we've known plenty of Japanese people grew up in the Central Valley. So he's just, uh, he's one of our descendants, you know, or not (laughs) one of our descendants, one of our predecessors. Exactly. I thought that was cool. You know, giving a shout out to Fresno because obviously I'm from Fresno. You live in Fresno now, but uh, I thought that was really cool. But so I wanted to see, and I knew it wouldn't happen because it's kind of, it's a touching part of the movie. I wanted to see the kid get that syringe and stab himself. And he's running around (laughs) just tearing up people's faces. Oh man, you wanted to see like a little Jack Jack, a little French Jack Jack running around, huh? (laughs) Exactly. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. That didn't even occur to me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what was crazy though? It looked so freaking painful when Waffner took that meat hook and jammed it under Ford's chest. Oh my gosh, like that I, I felt that pain. I felt Ford's pain there. It looked horrific. I, yeah. I right there with you. And it, it I'm just I'm picturing, oh my goodness, it's holding him holding him up by his sternum, like his rib cage is holding him up. That's just horrible. And then trying to pick yourself up out of it. You know, here's some lazy writing that I really didn't like. The worst line of the movie. Did you can you picture and it's it's in this scene. Do you know no, which I one can't. I'm talking about? Okay, so Waffner, the bad guy, tell or ask the corporal, I can't remember what the corporal's name is, but it says, Ford, how does it feel to have, you know, this blood running through your veins? He goes, it says something like, um, it's pretty crappy or something like that. It was a horrible line rather than something that could be really well thought of. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, in the time where you're actually fighting and in his position where he has that going through his brain, uh, his blood and all that sort of stuff that I would think of something better to say, but it was just like, oh, that's a crappy line. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I, I mean, can understand was, your. I can understand your concern with it, though, for sure. It, it was. It was literally something like, um, "Oh, it feels pretty crappy," or "Not, not, not very good," or something like that. He literally said that. Oh, not very good. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, that's just." I mean, it, just cut out that whole line. Like it could be just let him grunt. Yeah, where Waffner says, "How does it feel to have these thousand-year blood going through your veins?" He just then the um, corporal just grabs him and throws him, or something like that. It's like not just, "Oh, it feels pretty crappy," or yeah. something like that. Totally, totally. Oh um, man, yeah, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I, I think we've covered everything that I wanted to discuss. What about you? I had that's that that's what I had. The only thing that I wanted to add, and what was a lesson that I learned was why. And you brought it up. Um, at the beginning when they're walking and there are Germans all around him and when they're, so they get off the plane, they parachute down, they, you know, they meet up and they, they get all together. Now it's all four or five of them walking together and they're just chatting, chatting like jabber jaws or or chatty cat, Kathy's. I'm like, why are you talking? Shut up. Spread out. 
and actually get information. Like you do not do that. Like people are going to hear you. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was rather, rather dumb. Obviously the guy that was talking so much deserved to die. Cause like you said, when you're talking and talking about the future, Oh, my life is going to be so great. Totally. What I would really like to see one time is a guy talking about the future. The guy next to him says, Hey man, shut up. Don't talk about the future. Keep your head in the here and boom, he dies. I mean, <laughs> that would throw you. You're, you're expecting the guy talking about the future to die. A good movie, I think, would turn your expectations on its head and give you something that you do not see coming. Nice. I think that would be awesome. That, that would definitely throw you off. Yeah, for sure. So, so anything else about the movie? No, that was, that was it. But I would say I enjoyed it. If anybody has a love for zombie movies, then definitely this is a good one. Um, World War II movies, I thought it was, they did a good job playing it, to, you know, bringing them both together. And I enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I never at any time was like, man, I wish I was out of here. So um, yeah, it was, it was a good movie. And what did you think? Is that something that you would recommend somebody to watch? Totally. I recommend it. I'm really glad that you chose it because I wanted to see it in theaters. But if you didn't choose it, I probably would have just waited till DVD, you know, till yeah. Redbox. So I'm glad you did. Yeah, cool. So this was my pick. What is your pick for next week? Ralph breaks the internet. Are you kidding me? No, of course. What? You don't want to see it? Uh, I guess. Oh, I don't think I ever watched the first one. So I don't. I, oh, I don't know. you've got to get the first one. Watch it with your kids. I guarantee everybody will like it. And you will like it too. And then you're, you're going to want to see Ralph breaks the internet afterwards. Okay. So that's on my to-do list. I'm going to Maybe today, you know, the kids, we're homeschooling. And so my kids were taking a little day off because right before Thanksgiving, because we can, uh, maybe I'll watch that. The, was it Wreck-It Ralph? Is that what the first one's called? Yep. Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. So the next one is um, Ralph Breaks the Internet. I'll have to take um, all the kids. I, after we watch this on Tuesday, I'll have to take all the kids and, you know, go watch it in the theater. Yeah, totally. You're, you'll love it. I'm going to do the same thing with my boys and Denise wants to go see it as well. So I'm awesome. looking forward to it. Cool, dude. All right. That is the show for us. All righty. So now that you know how we feel about Overlord, we'd love to hear your thoughts and not just your thoughts on the movie, but also on any life lessons that you took away from it. So please visit the show notes page at watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 24. At the bottom there, you can leave a comment uh, for the life lessons you took away or what you liked or didn't like about the movie. And on the show notes page, you can see our list of life lessons learned, watch the trailer and uh, see some screenshots as well. So thank you so much for listening today. And we will return next week with Ralph Breaks the Internet. Internet.